If you have questions while I'm speaking, please, please ask. Don't wait, because I'd rather have a conversation than to be lecturing or speaking to you. You notice the string, and it's a little game that children play, Cat's Cradle. And my last day with him, I was with him for about four days, I walked up to him and said, do you know the string game that children play, Cat's Cradle? And he said, oh, yeah. In fact, do you know Jacob's Ladder? And and he grabbed the string and he started doing all sorts of things with the string. And that became very, the the childlike uh, part of his personality showed. And it made me think that this man played with his opponents very much like a child playing with a toy. And that the string was very symbolic of the ropes of the ring in which he built Muhammad Ali. I was hesitant to work with him at first because the only Muhammad Ali I knew was that monster we saw on television promoting fights. And he did say to me in in a wonderful long conversation one day that that is strictly promotion. That's all that was. And I can tell you that in real life, away from the cameras, he talks so softly that you have to zero in on him to hear what he's saying. It's very, very gentle and very soft. In the four days I was with him, uh, he was preparing, this was a week and a half before the infamous Larry Holmes fight. And we were in Las Vegas, which I did not want to go to, but we went, and I hated Las Vegas as much as I thought I would. But we sat and, and talked about what it's like being Muhammad Ali, being in that position. It, he actually gives up his life. He's very much a prisoner to the image that he has built. He cannot walk any place without a crowd coming up to him. But it's interesting that the crowd will come up to a certain point and they stop as though there's an invisible barrier there. Every place we went, it would happen that way. They'd come up and they would stop. It was customary for him to reach out to people. He loves people. He absolutely loves people. He lives off the energy that people give back to him. But he goes to the youngest child or baby that's in the audience And it was wonderful seeing this massive uh, world champion boxer holding little bitty babies. And these babies would just smile and coo and they wouldn't cry or get upset. He just, he was magical. He was very, very magical with them. Jump in with some questions, please. What made you ask him if he knew about the cat's great? Why would you even brought that up? Okay. Even though it turns out it's a great thought. Is that where you were heading? I have wanted to do a painting of the cat's cradle. I always needed the figure. I had worked with one other figure, an old jazz funeral figure, very large, heavy set, beautiful, sensitive black man. But he was suffering with arthritis and gout, and he couldn't quite do what I needed for a painting. When I left to go to Las Vegas to work with Ali, I actually brought two strings, one normal size string and one very, very long string. And I had it in my sketching gear. And 
I knew at some point I was going to ask, would he try to do this? Would, would he object to doing it? But I knew I had to establish enough of a relationship with him. I, I did not want to walk in on the first day and say, can we do this? And I could tell early into that last day that I was going to ask him to do this for me because it was already this childlike attitude and thought about him was already beginning to form because of other things that had happened. Um, things between, between him and his entourage that travels with him. Uh, a lot of guys that he grew up with are still very much a part of his life and they travel with him. And uh, especially at a time like this, a week and a half before a world heavyweight fight, he's going to have that, that inner group with him trying to uh, build him up, uh, get him ready for the fight. In fact, the first night I met him, we went to his room and it was dark because they had a videotape, a loop on, on the video machine and it just kept playing highlights of his fights when he would knock out someone or he would do the sting like a butterfly, float like a bee and all, all it was was psychologically building him up, hyping him up for the fight. Good question. So I'm curious, because I'm trying to understand what's in your mind. The fact that you brought the string to do this, is it you had in mind that you could draw this analogy between the ropes and the string, or is that serendipity? I, I, I can never understand what's in an artist, because afterwards we always hear the interpretation, and as Lenny knows, I'm a retired engineer. My reaction is, who can figure out what the artist was trying to do? I'm trying to figure out, did you actually sort of plan this, or is this serendipity? I'm going to answer your question, but I want to make a statement about your question. Sure. It's a wonderful question, and you made a statement about I'm not sure what the artist is trying to get across. I'm not sure artists know all the time what they're trying to get across. A lot of things happen that can't be explained, shouldn't be explained. If you go up to the painting and it affects you, you don't have to have it explained to you why it affects you. Uh, when I had a, a retrospect back in 2000, I was interviewed at each museum in which the show hung. And they would invariably go into the show and say, tell me about this painting. What were you doing in this painting? And I would refuse to answer that question. I would say, I've already answered that. It's hanging on a wall. It's whatever you bring to it. It's whatever. The last step is the social step. That's you, 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 and you walking up to it and what takes place between the, you and the piece of art. Now, did I go there thinking I was going to do this of Muhammad Ali? Uh, it's going to be a very long answer. How is it I got to do the painting? I got a phone call one night from a very close friend that Ali was visiting. And the friend's house has a lot of paintings, Caselli paintings of, of black folks. And at dinner one night, Ollie said, I want to pose for him. So my friend picked up the phone, called me, and said, Ali wants to pose for you. Are you interested in painting him? My answer was, no, I'm not interested. I don't want to paint that monster, and I don't want to paint a boxer right now. He said, he's not like that away from the camera. We talked back and forth. I said, okay, go ask him if he would be willing to pose in anything 
not as a boxer. And so he did, and Ali said, I'll do whatever he wants. I just want to be in one of his paintings. Now, I couldn't turn that down, honestly. If you just look at it from a career uh, angle, it's not something you want to just toss aside. This piece, having said no to this, you'll hear me talk about that on all the artwork we look at today. Each of those projects that came up, the president, the astronauts, this, when it was offered, I said no, and then worked through it mentally and ended up getting involved in the project. I did not know that I would do this particular painting of Ali. I had no concept of what I would do, but I wanted to bring the strings because I just imagined this big figure just might be the figure for doing Cat's Cradle, the game, the string game. That's where the emphasis was. What that came to be took place there in the actual moment of doing it, which is what happens with most art. It's the moment of doing it. If someone had sent me a photograph of Ali posed this way, I would never have done this painting because I would not have lived through the experience that brought us to that. I would just be looking at the surface of something. I'd be painting just the surface rendering of an incident. I wouldn't know what the incident meant. It wouldn't have any life or any meaning to me because it's not something I lived through. The background is very dark. He's emerging from the darkness. Um, I'm interested in two aspects of that. One, one is, was that your thought that he's coming out of darkness and why? And the second part of the question is, did you know when you started it that you wanted the background to be dark or after having completed the figure, did you decide that the background just evoked darkness? The absolute instant I knew I was going to do Cat's Cradle for the reason I was doing it, that painting was composed. He actually was wearing a pair of uh, blue sweat trousers and his hands were not wrapped. But it, as soon as I knew this is it, all the things we just talked about, that painting was in my head. I knew he was gonna have the hand wraps, I knew he would have the trunks. I wasn't sure how I was going to balance those three bright lights but I knew there would be darkness in order for them to, to pop out. Now, to fully, to stand here and tell you I fully understood why I wanted all that dark, I, I can't do that. I have sat and thought about that question. I served in Vietnam as a Marine. We'll talk a little bit more about that when we get down to the astronauts. He refused to go, and only recently have I accepted his refusal and admire him for it. Then I couldn't, because I was in boot camp getting ready to head to Vietnam while he was refusing it. But he paid a huge price, but he stood, and he, he did what America's all about. He stood his ground. And I have a feeling that that darkness is wrapped up in that somehow. It's one of those things that I, I wouldn't even attempt to try to explain completely. I tried painting his trunks. 
over and over and over. And it, 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 was, it just was horrible. It just didn't have the feeling that it needed. And I went in one day after painting the wraps that are there, the initial paint, and stuck my thumb into that paint and in five minutes painted his trunks with my thumb. And you can see thumbprints all over it. I didn't plan that. That just happened. So... <coughs> You say that uh, the artist doesn't really know consciously what he's doing much of the time. It's very intuitive. How do you react to when, after you paint it, the critics come along and the art historians come along and they begin interpreting the painting? When I was younger, that bothered me. Now I don't pay any attention to it because (laughs) I can't do anything about it anyway. And they have every freedom to walk up and say whatever they want. Do, but, do, they, do some of them at least sometimes have an element of truth in what they say? I can say across the board from the very beginning of my career, uh, critics have been very, very, very kind to me. Very kind. And I think it has a lot to do with why I've gotten to this point basically without belonging to the commercial gallery establishment this, that They've just been kind to me in, all through the years. Um, that's not to say that the, I'm not going to say that it's because the quality of the work. I'm simply going to say that there was something struck within them from the work that, that caused them to feel that way. But you can't worry about that. You can't worry about what somebody's going to think. You can't worry about the, the dollar sign. You have to just, you have to be the artist. You have to sit and continue the process that brought you to that, the stimulus, the excitement. So you walk in and you see the painting. Fortunately, we're standing here talking about all the things that made the painting, made it happen. Most people don't know about that. If, if you were to look at one of my paintings of the ballet, you wouldn't know about all of the hours I spent in ballet class as a student for six months, five days a week, an hour and a half each day. Or my time behind the scenes on stage during a performance. Or my helping a dancer that twisted an ankle backstage. Or to watch the stage mothers. All of that stuff goes into that painting. In fact, all of that stuff goes into this painting too. Everything, everything that you absorb as an artist has an effect on what you do because it's forming you. It's making you what you are. It's developing your sensitivities, your desires, your likes, your dislikes, how you want to present something. All of that is happening with everything that you're gathering, every moment of your life and every aspect of your life. And it affects what happens when you go and sit and do that. This is such a wonderful discussion and I am confident that with each painting, the discussion will continue to um, blossom. And I wonder now if we might proceed downstairs to speak about another American leader, Ronald Reagan. Okay, sure. Thank you. And so um, there's a